You are listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast, a show for women who are chasing their everyday and epic adventures. This podcast is hosted by Christy Moan and me, Katherine Taylor, and powered by Feisty Media. Hey, y'all. It's Thursday afternoon. It's Katherine here, and... Christy's at a real estate conference, and I have to get in our uh, intro for our podcast editor. So I'm just sending you a quick intro. I can't since I couldn't find Christy. Um, we have a lot going on. Obviously, she's uh, getting ready for Unbound and the Gravel Festival. She'll be at that Gravel Festival with us. Of course, I'm crazy getting ready for the Gravel Festival. And then we are also working on something I'm really excited about. So we're meeting early next week with Amanda Nauman and Sophia Gibson. So Amanda uh, is one of the hosts of the Grodia podcast. Sophia, of course, is one of the Gravel Family podcast hosts. And then Christy and I do Girls Gone Gravel. And we're going to do a live podcast from Emporia talking about the women's racing and the women's field. So I'm pretty excited about that. If there's something that you want to hear about, please send us a message. You can just... Instagram's the best way to send me a message, typically, um, through our Girls Gone Gravel account, and we'll be figuring out what we're going to talk about there. Uh, I think we're also going to be recording it from the balcony of Christie's apartment, which overlooks downtown Emporia, so you can come by, you can throw things at us on the balcony if you want, um, say hello, so it'll be pretty exciting to do that. I'm looking forward to that, and then, of course, the Gravel Festival, which is Gosh, by the time this comes out, it's just over a week away. So uh, it's going to be a really, really uh, fantastic event. I can't wait to be there, and I can't wait to be in person with those of you that are going to be at the festival. All right, well, I'm going to, since I have nothing to banter with Christy about, um, I am going to uh, just introduce our guest. So we have Pat Spencer on today. Um. Pat's been making her way around our feisty podcast so you can listen to an episode she did on hit play not pause and then I also just saw that she was on the business of fitness talking about starting her business so um I've known Pat we had her very early like at our first unbound we did a live podcast recording which then we ended up moving into a conference room because it was so hot to do it but um yeah I heard more of Pat's story on hit play not pause and if you haven't heard that I actually I'm going to encourage you, go find that podcast. It's the one that Celine Yeager hosts. Listen to that podcast because your jaw is going to be on the floor when you listen to kind of her story of what she went through with underfueling um, and really almost didn't come back from it. So um, did I say overfueling? I meant underfueling. Anyway, it's been a long uh, <laughs> week. Uh, but if I said overfueling, I meant underfueling. So you'll hear her story, but we also get more into her business that she started, her story of cycling, and so on and so forth. So I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation with Pat Spencer. Christy, have you, are you waking up over there? Yeah, I was like, I started a big yawn. This is crazy. So. <laughs> we got Maybe on and we were both some allergies here. Yeah. Oh, uh, it is that time of year. Yeah. Okay, I have to tell you a funny story before we jump into Pat, but okay. I was because we switched podcast editors. So I was talking to Carrie about the podcast and she said, Well, the biggest problem is you and Christy talk over each other all the time. So I have to separate your tracks and pull <laughs> out the two of you talking over each other. So Pat, sorry if we do that to you. 
all good. That's human nature. It's the way we talk, the way we communicate. You can talk over. Okay. So we, you are technically a return podcast guest, but you were like, well, when Christy and I met at the Unbound, at, at the Unbound, that's a very Southern way to say it. At the Unbound. Bless your heart. <laughs> at Unbound in 2021. We met you. We yeah. did. We were going to do a live podcast recording, but it was hot as hell outside. So we went into a conference room instead and just recorded a podcast in the air conditioner. Yeah, um, like I said, that going inside was probably the best decision of the day. It was. Oh. We were we were all melting outside. Yeah, so here. hot, and the stage yeah. was like in the bright sun. So, uh, so yeah, we got to chat with you a little bit then, and then we we've gotten to know you at some different feisty things over the last couple of years and you were just a guest on Celine's podcast hit play not pause um mm-hmm. and shared just your crazy story of learning about fueling your body um and how you were not fueling your body so I'm gonna just like before we jump into that that is a great podcast episode I think everybody should listen to that story um but yeah let's uh let's get to know you again a little bit Pat tell us about your story about how you got on the bike uh, how I got in the bikes, a long story. Actually, I've been biking <laughs> since I was a kid, I, all recreationally. Um, a, a, a high school friend of mine, and I'm 50, so high school is a lifetime ago, or two or three lifetime ago. But a high school friend, her mom, every time I see her, she always reminds me every time. She's like, Pat, you're so annoying as a kid, because every Sunday morning at like 7 a.m., you'd bike to our house, and there you would be. I'm like, well, this is what I do. I bike. Um, but getting into it competitively didn't happen until I started, excuse me, doing triathlon in 2007. And that's when I started actually riding, like riding with some purpose, not just riding to, 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 to commute or to tool around. Um, and then I did triathlon um, for about nine years. Then that came to an abrupt stop. And about 2018, I was starting to feel good enough again and decided to start biking again because I love being on the bike. I love it. Um, I was biking around the area where I live in central New Jersey and I was riding on a road and it was a road that many cyclists use. And this guy comes up to me and uh, did run me off the road intentionally. Um, oh my and gosh. At that moment, I decided to go into gravel cycling. <laughs> Like he's yelling and cursing at me and I'm yelling and cursing at him. And I'm like, yeah, this just isn't worth it. Um, so I think the next week I went to my local bike shop and I bought myself a gravel bike. Um, so that's kind of how I got into gravel biking. And then the the doing events, I started Unbound in 2021 was my first gravel race or gravel event. And since then I've done uh, two or three each year. So, you know, I've done the big ones actually I've done. Unbound, I've done SBT, I've done Rooted uh, two weekends ago. Not a big one, but I did Swamp Fox in South Carolina, which is one of my favorites. Oh, fun. Yeah, it's a good one. If you have a chance to do Swamp Fox, it's just this little, small, fun race with like 300 to 200 people. The roads are flat, so that's lovely. Um, but, um, you know, so I like to just get out there and do those things. I'm not competitive. I'm not, you know, I'm not tip of the spear. I, I'm more mullet protocol. I'm more in the back, having a good time and uh, getting my money's worth, as I like to say. My <laughs> I'm going to be out there for as long as possible. That's awesome. And the Swamp Fox, uh, my my roommate, Lynn Bluebot, was out there doing that. She was there with Treva. Oh, so, cool. 
they were there doing Swamp Fox. So, yeah. Oh, I wish I would have like known I that. Know. And said, hey, it's good to put that t- together. So. I think it's we a great clarify right now that Christy did not get divorced. No, I'm not divorced. <laughs> I just have a roommate. <laughs> she just lives anyway. in two places right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. There you go. <laughs> So, but she, yeah, when she, she, it was interesting. It sounded like that. She said it was absolutely beautiful. And I think over however many miles it was, it was only like 700 feet of climbing. <laughs> That's amazing. Like, yeah, I did. How the, flat it was. Yeah. I did a 52 mile route and I climbed, I was just looking at it because I'm trying to make a little YouTube video. Cause I don't, I, I don't like it being all the guys that are just doing cycling videos. Um, so I'm throwing my hat into this one, but um my, I think I did 197 feet of climbing over 50 <laughs> miles. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only bad thing was it rained like cats and dogs in the morning and then the rain let up, but it still rained. So um, what roadies don't know is that uh, dirt roads turn into mud roads uh, when it rains. So it added a little challenge, but my God, was it fun. Yeah. That's that awesome. one has some sand too, right? I remember my friend yeah. did it and she was like cruising and then she had the sand and she's like, oh my God, that was like what you do your climbing for when you do an event like that so that you're strong for the sand. Yep. Yeah. And that was kind of my self-talk to myself. I'm like, I'm not climbing, but I'm still moving through mud. I'm still strong. Okay. Speaking of the self-talk, you um, are also a uh, a therapist, licensed social worker. Tell us your yeah, degrees, um, so I don't get them wrong. I always screw up their d- degrees. Yeah, between. well, every state licenses licenses social workers differently. So I'm in New Jersey, what's called a licensed clinical social worker, so an LCSW, which is the highest level of licensure in our state. Um, so I am currently in private practice doing therapy, um, and have been for five years, I think. So since 2017. Um, And yeah, so in that practice, I'm actually a trauma therapist. I do EMDR, which is a type of trauma therapy. Um, And I work an awful lot with the LGBTQ community also. So trauma population, LGBTQ, sometimes they overlap. Um, And that's what I do. And then I've also in the past year started a mental coaching type of business for specifically for endurance athletes, but even more specifically for female identifying and or LGBTQ athletes. Um, you know, just cause, um, I think we need the space, you know, um, yeah. to have a, a space that specifically at, that we're invited to, like, I'm pretty sure most male, uh, mental coaches or sports psychologists would welcome me. They wouldn't turn me away. Um, but it's nice to have a place where you know that there's a specific invitation of, hey, women, trans women, heck, trans men, you know, gays, lesbians, you know, everybody, you know, come on in. This this space is for you. So I wanted to combine you just that. Love see that a huge uptick in your clientele in the last few years or for therapy? Um, yes. I, 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 during the pandemic, my practice. Um, well, I was always full, but I've been turning away clients um, because uh, during the the pandemic, people just uh, 
you know, we're stressed. And, and I, I think mental health issues have always been there, but the pandemic, the world quieted down and the things that we use to distract ourselves from the anxiety, from the depression, from mm. whatever, those things were taken away and now we have to deal with it. And so, you know, not just myself, but therapists all over the nation have seen like an absolute explosion of referrals. Um, and also during the pandemic, I was, um, I returned to the office very, very early. Um, most therapists stayed remote for a significant period of time and a lot still are. But in July, I think of 2020, I returned to seeing people in my office because um, I was treating some medical professionals. I was treating people that lived in small apartments that couldn't talk. So I was like, I have to provide service. These people need it. Um, and then what also exploded for me was I um, designed and implemented the nationwide um, telehealth course offered through the New Jersey NASW, which is our social work organization. So pandemic was... Um, a challenge professionally, but it gave me opportunities I wouldn't have had before. Yeah. That's amazing. I know none of that's about cycling. Well, how did you get into the mental uh, performance space? Like what led you to to start that branch? Yeah. So uh, quite honestly, it's always been something I've been interested in. It's kind of the mental side of, of endurance sports. Because, you know, previously I, I did Ironman races. Um, I've done half Ironman races. And, you know, for myself, I was like, okay, I can ride my bike forever. I can, well, I can walk forever. I can't run forever. You know, I can swim for really long periods of time. Right there, but, where, like <laughs> you know, but where it got really tough was when, when my thoughts would go dark. And one thing I know about humans is that if I'm experiencing something, that means somebody else is also experiencing it. Cause we, sure. none of us have a completely purely individual experience. Um, and then I was on these different training teams and I would hear people talking about it. Um, and then I have my professional background of the mental health side of life. And I would hear people saying things that quite honestly just didn't make a lot of sense. Like things like, you know, just suck it up, just just talk positive, just say positive things and you'll get through it, which positive self-talk is part of it. Sometimes sucking it up and dieseling through is part of it, but that's not the whole thing. Um, And then on the Girls Gone Gravel, the Facebook group, I would see people chatting in, hey, how do you handle this? How do you handle that? What do you do here? What do you do there? And I was like, I think there might be a need, an unmet need here. Mm -hmm. Because also when I would Google, you know, sports performance or mental coaching, I wouldn't find a lot. Um, And I'm not sure if I was looking up the wrong words or if there's just not a lot out there, Um, at least not a lot that are easily accessible. So I'm like, I have the skills, I have the experience. Um, Let's try this out and see what happens. Well, and you can speak to it so specifically because just of your hobbies and your background, that combination of the two is really powerful in the space. Yeah. And that's where I think I do bring something that um, other people that might do some of the mental side don't have. Like I do have the, the, I literally have the professional training, you know, I have the letters after my name to kind of show that. Mm -hmm. Um, So 
I do think I'm kind of a, a good blend of the two, you know, of being an endurance athlete and being a mental health professional. Yeah. I think that sometimes people think that it's not like sports psychology. That's not, it's like something other than therapy, which from <laughs> everything I'm like, it's actually therapy. Like you're learning the same techniques of how to, you're just learning in the context of your sport, which I think often actually translates better to our lives because it's isolated than when yes. you're like, you know, dealing with, oh my God, this situation came up with a family member and now I'm like right in it. And, you know, like I can't prepare for this because it just happened. It's almost like a great training ground for a lot of things. Um, so, but that's my unqualified opinion. <laughs> would you say that that's true or? Yeah, no, I definitely would say that's true. And I just want to, you know, um, just put out there that I'm not a sports psychologist. You know, I'm not a psychologist. I'm a clinical social worker. Um, so there are people with that specific sports psychology training. I told you I screwed up the terms. <laughs> no, I'm just, I, quite honestly, what I don't want is a sports psychologist sending either you or me hate mail. Um, Aaron Ayala, don't send us hate mail about this one. Yeah, please, please. <laughs> I'm trying to, trying to be good here. But I agree with you that when we talk about sports stuff and we talk about the mental side of it, we are, it is easily applicable to other aspects of life. Now, one of the big differences between the therapy that I do with my therapy clients versus the mental coaching clients is the therapy stuff, especially the therapy I do, is much more kind of insight um, oriented, meaning we're looking back on life and what connects to what, and then healing some of the trauma. So we're specifically going to talk about whatever bad thing happened and how do we process through it. Whereas in the sports side, I'm looking at a pretty narrow area of, okay, let's just say it is gravel riding. You know, what are some of the stressors that you're having in gravel riding? What's some of, what are some of the thoughts that you're having? What are some of um, the beliefs that you have? And those can certainly apply to life in general as well. So there is an awful lot of overlap, but there is some difference. You mentioned before we, before we hit the record button, um, that you're not like you, you're one of your pet peeves is when people say things like the bike is my therapy. Yes. So my question is like, from, from your perspective, when is it like, and you mentioned that that's your coping mechanism, not your therapy. When, when, are, what are the cues or what are the situations that would like have someone kind of make that change from thinking of the bike as therapy to understanding I need some extra help with this space in the space? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, and, and you're right. I, that's one of my pet peeves is riding is my therapy, scuba diving is my therapy, running because it's not, it is a coping skill. Um, but when I would have somebody, or when I would suggest actually somebody go for therapy is when the difficulties that they went out to ride through. So like if I'm stressed mm -hmm. out, I certainly, I, I do go for bike rides or swims. If I'm stressed, I'm, I'm exercising, I'm doing something. And that physical movement does help move the anxiety, the stress, the fear, it, it moves it through. Plus it gives me a chance to actually think through it. When I would have somebody look for therapy, it'd be if these problems are not necessarily resolved on the bike. Like if you go for the bike ride, but you come back and the anxiety is still at a level nine and you started at a nine. Um, if I'm just going to use anxiety as the primary example, because a lot of people mm -hmm. have anxiety. 
um, if the anxiety is impacting multiple areas of life for a prolonged period of time, like two, four, six, eight weeks, um, then I would say, let's find you somebody to talk with um, to, to get that professional help. If somebody is saying, well, I'm going for bike rides because if I don't do that, um, all the, the, those negative thoughts, my inner critic just comes chiming right in, uh, then I might suggest let, let's go for therapy. You know, let's look to, to do that. So I guess the basic answer is when the bike rides don't necessarily solve the issue for that short period of time and when it's impacting multiple areas of life for a prolonged period of time is when I would say, let's look for more professional mental health help, but also if there's other symptoms. Um, so like if someone's sleep is disturbed, appetite is disturbed, mm -hmm. um, mood is down, um, negative thoughts, suicidal thoughts, um, you know, please, if you're having active suicidal thoughts, please go for help. Um, you know, so if it's just the life stressor, yeah, go for your bike ride. But it's certainly mental health and mental illness is much more than just that stress. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, there's a reason that so many Ironman athletes are former addicts, right? Yeah. <laughs> Especially Ironman, because you can like just work out so much to train for those events. So you really can fill all that space. I didn't know yeah. that stat. Well, it's observational, but there's a lot okay. that you'll meet that are former okay. addict, addicts or have some kind of past and, and CrossFitters too. Like you'll see that because you have to go in and just smash yourself and then they'll be the ones that are in the gym twice a day mm -hmm. often. But also with Ironman, I certainly don't have any stats to back this up, but it looked like a lot are also like workaholics, you know? Yeah. So if it's not a drug addiction, it's a work addiction or, um, and with Ironman athletes, I believe I said in our, in our conversation in 2021 is that a lot of them are high strung um, and they're high strung because they're trying to put together, you know, these three different disciplines and to do a big race. And I know that's why Christy doesn't want them coming to travel, <laughs> but they just keep going. That is not, that is like, you said that, not me. I'm just watching. I'm, I'm observing. <laughs> I'm here with bated breath. Like, All mm -hmm. the burnt out ones that don't want to be like that anymore are coming over. Yeah. Yeah. My, my personal goal for like all the gravel riders is that when we finish a ride to, to, to talk positively about our ride, because when I did Ironman, <laughs> yes. literally every single Ironman I ever asked, and I've asked a lot, every single one, how was your race? Everyone goes, it was good, but this part really sucked. And gravel riders when I'm like how was your ride like oh my god that gravel was so chunky it was so awesome and then yeah I crashed but these people came by and they helped and it was awesome like there's a positive spin yeah well it's a different vibe right get. you're there for the experience more than like the competition mm -hmm. even if you're at a big event yeah to live your healthiest life possible you need to understand what's going on inside inside tracker takes a personalized approach to health and longevity from the most trusted and relevant source your body Inside Tracker was created by experts in aging, genetics, and biometric data from Harvard, Tufts, and MIT. It provides personalized health analysis and clear recommendations, plus an action plan on how to live a longer, healthier life. Inside Tracker can also calculate your biological age, which is the rate you're aging compared to your chronological age, as well as ways to lower your biological age. 
The thing we love most about Inside Tracker is that they give you recommendations on things you can control to optimize your health, like food, supplements, workouts, and other lifestyle choices. And did you know that you can use your HSA, HRA, and FSA to buy any Inside Tracker plan? Which means you can purchase Inside Tracker using your tax free dollars. Oh, and it gets better. For a limited time, you get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store when you sign up. So if you're ready to get a crystal clear picture of what's going on inside your body, along with the science backed recommendations to optimize what's not working, visit insidetracker.com slash feisty. That's insidetracker.com slash feisty. So who, who's coming to you on the sports side then? Like, what's the reason that somebody would come and say, I want to talk to Pat, or I think I want to get somebody, some, you know, coach through her. Right. So the athletes that I'd probably be best suited for are the ones that, you know, you're doing the physical training, um, whatever your physical training is, if you're top tier out there killing every single workout and you're on the uh, pointy end of the spear, that's great. Or if you're in the back, like me, that's also great. but it's the people when they're out there, they struggle with kind of keeping their focus. They struggle with how do I deal with the negative thoughts that come in? Because if we're out there for hours, negative thoughts are going to come in. You're going to get the, why am I out here? This is too hard. Can I do this? Um, and, and even worse. So those folks would be a good match to kind of figure out how do we work through some of those negative thoughts? How do we replace them? Um, some people that would be another match would be the ones that are like, well, I want to do this, but my motivation, I, I signed up for it, but you know, I'm not doing the training. And when we find out why it's, well, I'm having a hard time prioritizing what I want to do, or I just don't have the motivation. I don't have the oomph to get through it. Um, so, that, you know, that would be a, a person to possibly talk to um, or the riders that are out there. And when something goes bad, or not bad, I'm sorry, but when something doesn't go their way, their emotions become huge. Um, And I'm all for emotions, please do have them, but we wanna be able to have them regulated at some level so we can still make it through that issue. So if you get a flat tire, you know, it's not, oh my God, I can't believe this shit. What the hell am I gonna do? It's more of, okay, I have a flat tire. Let me take a deep breath and work my way through this. so those would be some of the, the things I could possibly work with. Um, you know, just even the women that are like, do I belong out there? What, what do I do? You know, um, mm-hmm. I am anxious. I am, you know, I, I worry about certain things. Um, could possibly be some folks I work with as well. I keep thinking about the, from the perspective of just, you know, listening to you talk and thinking about how, how I use my bike and how, because, you know, I do use it as a coping mechanism. I'm not <laughs> going to say therapy <laughs> <laughs> and thinking about, you know, especially over the last several years with, with COVID and thing that unbound and the community that I live in has gone through just tumultuously the changes and how that has affected how I look at my bike and how I use my bike. Mm. Um, it's, it's like, I'm sitting here, like taking check marks going, you know, there's, there's definitely, there was definitely some opportunity there where I probably could have had some outside help coming in to help me navigate a lot of it. Um, 
And I think if, if anything good out of COVID and everything else is just hopefully that awareness of mental health is there and the ability to ask for that help. I hope that barrier is lower and people feel more comfortable doing so. I hope so too, you know, because it's, everybody has mental health. Um, yes. other than mental health. We all do. Hopefully. Um, yeah. You <laughs> know, you might it, be dead. <laughs> exactly. And, and mental health is physical health. Um, yeah. you know, and being athletic and getting out there and getting after it, whether it be, you know, CrossFit or, or gravel riding or running or swimming, you know, that does help us. It does increase, you know, some of the feel good chemicals. Um, it gives us a sense of confidence. Um, you know, so I, I definitely think that writing and all that is great. Like I said, I also use it. Um, I mean, I know my mental health suffered, um, like early in the pandemic when the gym shut down. Um, you know, I was like, where am I supposed to lift? How am I supposed to lift heavy stuff? I, I, I literally bought some, I bought weights off of Facebook marketplace and met some man at a Wawa parking lot to buy like we all did sketchy things during the pandemic I know right I think about that I'm like oh my god I'm in a parking lot doing what where yeah I'm like what I'm pretty sure my mom warned me about this yeah my wife's like where are you going I'm like don't worry about it I'll be home I'll be back just track my location please phone just in case make sure you track me exactly you know, um, but the other thing about uh, writing that is really beneficial, and again, sports in general, is what we do see in some of the research is that physical fitness can improve depression, can improve anxiety, mm-hmm. um, especially at mild to moderate levels, uh, you know, moderate to severe, not so much. And there are certainly physical changes that happen in our body that decrease the depression, decrease the anxiety. But what I also see happening, and I haven't read research about it, I've heard it mentioned in the research, but not actually researched, is the community aspect of it. Because most of the, the, the research I've read about um, physical activity decreasing depression, they'll say, you know, the um, placebo group just went out and did exercise on their own, where the the the, the research group came in and, you know, they worked out with us three times a week. Well, if they worked out with you, there's a community and there's a connection. Mm -hmm. Um, And so something that I think, you know, specifically gravel cycling does, it gives us a community, Um, you know, whether it be online through the Facebook groups or it be at the races of, you know, doing shakeout rides with people or heck talking to, you know, 200 strangers on the ride as, they're passing me or I'm passing them, you know, just even a quick, Hey, what's up? You're looking great. That can give you a little boost. Mm-hmm. And we do know that community and connection is healing in mental health. Um, and that's something I think sports gives us that was taken away early in the pandemic was that connection. That totally makes sense. Okay. I want to, I want to, I want to test your <laughs> so one of the things I hear quite a lot, or I see not as much as when we first started, but people that they're like, I don't want to do this event. because I'm not into competition. Right. Um, and I think a lot of times that I comes from a fear. Out. I'm listening to you. Cat out. So yeah, go ahead. <laughs> that comes from a fear. 
right? right? Like, because there's all these great things, like we talked about at events, there's community, there's getting to challenge yourself. But I think like, sometimes it's just like that fear of like, I'm being judged. So if mm-hmm. somebody's listening and they're like, that's me, like, I've always said, I just don't want to do competition, but then you're, you're realizing like, okay, maybe that's not actually what's going on. Like, what are some strategies like that you could walk forward in that? So if I was talking to that person and they're like, Hey, listen, I really want to do whatever race, but I don't want um, the other riders to judge me. One of the things I'm going to ask is number one, what's your goal for wanting to do the race? So let's focus on kind of your wants, your needs, your desires. Um, when have there been times in the past when you have done something where you've stepped outside of your comfort zone? Um, it might not be riding, it might not be sports, but let's build on what you've done in the past. And then I'd also probably have them actually look through the event website. Um, you know, I, I would definitely recommend people look through Unbound and because there are people of all shapes, sizes, colors, genders, everybody is welcome there. So you're probably going to find somebody on that, uh, on through the pictures, through the Instagram, through YouTube, that looks somewhere like you. And that's maybe you not on Instagram, depending on how good the race structure is. You're, you're right. But... Actually represent We actually had this conversation with Amanda Dowman a few weeks ago about what you sometimes see on Instagram versus reality of who's actually there. Yeah, no, you're definitely correct. Um, but I guess my point is to look and see who else is there. And, you know, thankfully we have, you know, like Abby Robbins certainly has been a huge, um, uh, goodness, they're, they're just a huge benefit to our community overall. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's like, well, look, if Abby's going to show up and you're trans, you have somebody there, you know, um, And, you know, if you're somebody who's a bit larger, let's look at Marley. She shows up, you know, and then let's look at these groups and see you're not alone and that you can do this. Um, If it's, you know, somebody who's like, listen, I just can't, if they're here in New Jersey and like, look, I can't afford to get to Kansas, just can't, can't afford it. Well, okay, let's look at some smaller events around here Mm -hmm. and let's see, can we get some of your family, some of your friends to show up to the event, to the start line, to the finish line to cheer you on? Um, to build, again, to build community. Um, I'd also remind them that every single athlete out there at one time was the new person on the block. Yeah. Um, Every single athlete has lined up for the first time somewhere. Every single athlete has shown up with, you know, maybe not the top of the line bike. I remember my very first triathlon I didn't know what to wear. I was like, do I wear a bathing suit? Do I wear shorts? What do I do? And then how do you talk through that? Um, and, and quite honestly, if that person was around me or near me, I'd be like, I'll show up to the race. Let's go. Um, or even put a call out on, you know, through social. Hey, you know, friends in this area. Who else is doing, you know, Swamp Fox? You know, I got, you know, can you know, Susie's doing it. She would love to connect with somebody. So anything we can do to kind of build that community and to kind of just normalize the fear, because I'm not going to take away the fear, but I'm going to normalize it. That Yeah, it's scary. This is a big deal to show up and try something new. Um, But you've tried new things in the past. Yeah. Um, And let's work through this. And then I also do an awful lot of visualization. Um, So 
you know, let's close our eyes and picture, you know, what does that start line look like? There's probably a YouTube video out there of some race. What does the start line look like? What does it feel like? Picture yourself there. What will your kit be? What will you be wearing? Um, if I was seeing the person, you know, for therapy in my office, I'd be like, show me your kit. You know, if they're here, at, if we're doing it remote, which is how I do the mental coaching is remote. I'd be like, all right, get your kit, you know, show it to me. You don't necessarily have to put it on, but show it to me. Which one are you wearing that day? Now picture yourself putting that kit on, picture yourself getting your stuff ready, picture those nerves. Where do those nerves live in your body? How do they feel? Let's, you know, breathe through them. Let's, you know, picture what does success look like? So a lot of uh, visualization, uh, a lot of imagery. Um, the really cool thing, I love imagination because when we imagine something, like truly imagine it, if we like, close our eyes, breathe through it, our brain thinks we're there. Um, you know, mm -hmm. so if you imagine yourself on a start line and you imagine what does the kit feel like, you imagine holding on to the, the handlebars of the bike, you imagine, you know, the, the loud, raucous, good time music, you imagine the, the race announcer, all right, race, babe, we got two minutes till start. You know, your body, as you're imagining it. Got a little nervous. Body, yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm like no. over here getting all anxious. I'm like, my neck is starting to get red. Like, so see, anxiety is normal at the start of the race. Oh, yeah. That's so. the other thing I try to tell everybody is like literally every single person is nervous. It's so true though, Pat. I remember when I did my very first Ironman and I trained with team and training and we had somebody that walked us through that exercise. And, you know, I was so new to triathlon, but I trained out of fear the whole year. Cause I was like, I'm not going to finish. I'm not going to finish. I'm not going to finish. I'm going to embarrass myself. And after we went through that exercise and that visualization, it's like something shifted. And I was like very confident. And I was sad about all the time I wasted training out of fear because mm -hmm. it's so much more fun to do it out of confidence. Right. Yes, it um, is. So, yeah. It, it is so much more fun to do it out of that confidence. Yet, I think we have to go through the fear. You know, mm. when people are like, well, just shove the fear aside. I'm like, no, let's, let's acknowledge the fear. Let's have a conversation with the fear. Let's find out what is that fear actually afraid of. Um, and then how do we visualize working through it? Because um, oh, the more we shove an emotion aside, the, the more powerful it actually gets. You know, weightlifting meet on Saturday. I think I've got some work to do. <laughs> <laughs> Because I've, so, so I've been considering, I've been considering being sick for the last two days. <laughs> what scares you, you know, about what's the, so the funny? It, it's it's like it's literally like what everybody does. I know, right? I and, know. You. Like I mean, there's through. probably a few people that don't, but I would say the majority of the population has those. Like, why am I doing this? Like the the mm -hmm. moments of like, I paid to do this. What like what's going on here? But yeah. yeah. Abby yeah. was here. At, they were here at our uh, camp for Unbound a couple weekends ago, and it was the most amazing thing because Abby did a bit of a presentation on on mental preparedness, um, so hitting on some of the same points. But the best part was that they had the room full of seventy plus athletes and coaches meditating. Oh, that's so awesome! <laughs> and I mean, it was incredible. It was, it, it was incredible. And it was, I mean, I'm sure there were a few people there that were kind of, you know, rolling their eyes, but everybody gave it the try. And the number of people that followed up asking them additional questions and, and then trying to, you know, figure out ways to connect with Abby to help th so that they could help 
these athletes move forward with some of the mental preparation was really impressive, honestly. And I was like, okay, maybe, maybe there's, um, some more open-mindedness to this than I thought there would be. So it mm-hmm. seems like it. Yeah, well, also makes sense when you're doing like any kind of, I mean, this weightlifting, it was $95. So it's not, and I, instead of doing my CrossFit, I did weightlifting training, but you know, if you're going to something like unbound or just whatever you've invested in, you've invested a lot of money. So having your mind, mm-hmm. right. It makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. to invest some in that mental. And like we said at the beginning, it translates into so much of your life. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And so also for somebody who is on the start line or is coming to the start line, you know, in the days ahead, something I like to look at, uh, I am grew up a huge star Wars fan. Like when I was five, I went to see the original star Wars when it first came out, you know, I'm a, how incredible uh, our, our was that, cat. by the way? <laughs> huh? How incredible was that, by the way? It was amazing. I was like five years <laughs> yeah. old. And I remember like, you know, that the scrolly started and my dad tells the story that we're in the movie theater and all of a sudden I just climb out of my seat and just sit on his lap and just sat there for like two and a half hours or however long the movie was and just stared at it. I love Star Wars so much that our cat, Turtle, she was in here before, her middle name, because our cats have full, you know, there's Colonel Caledonia, um, Spencer Revere, and we have Turtle Ray, Spencer Revere. Ray is named after Ray from uh, Rogue One. Nice. <laughs> so um, all that to say, I have this, it, it's kind of a way of looking at the stages of racing or even training, because you can break it down, use this on a training day as well. And it's... Um, Here's the Star Wars connection. Instead of 3PO, it's a 3P2R, so like R2D2. Um, I'm just that big of a nerd. Um, but the, the three, <laughs> I, I truly am. Like it, I, I will quote research to you. I love Star Wars. The only thing I don't do is Dungeons and Dragons, but I'm not against it. Um, but so the three Ps are plan, pre- prepare, and perform. So plan is kind of plan. What does that day look like? Um, it, it's more of the mental side of the thought process side. So it's okay. I'm going to need, I, I think I'll be out there eight hours. I need this many, this much food. I need this much water. Mm-hmm. They're going to have aid stations. So I don't need to bring as much. Um, I'm going to wear this kit if, um, but planning is also, if I get a flat tire, do I have my, my bacon strips? Do I know how to fix a flat tire? Um, you know, it's planning if my chain breaks, okay, I can fix it once. If it breaks twice, I'm calling my wife. Um, so kind of the plan or the thoughts, what happens, both the good and the bad. Um, then it's the prepare. So it's like gathering the stuff. So how do you learn the skills? You know, um, it's gathering the kit, making sure you have it, getting your water bottles, getting your nutrition. Um, uh, performance kind of self-explanatory. You, you do it. <laughs> you get out there and you, you just do it. Um, but perform is also in the planning part, you would have talked about what does a good day look like, but also what does a bad day look like? What happens if it's raining? Mm-hmm. What happens if you just woke up and just didn't feel it? What happens if, um, you know, you uh, have a mild crash, nothing big, just scrape an elbow or something, you know, what do you do? Um, so we, that's all to the planning is both the good and the bad. So nothing is going to be unexpected. Um, so those are three P's. So it's plan plan, prepare, and perform. And then the two R's are recover and review. So recover, you know, get those calories back in, get a protein drink, um, you know, get some sleep, put your feet up, get a massage, whatever your recovery looks like. And then review is both the good and the bad. 
Um, but it's the good and the bad of what was in your control. So it's not, oh, the weather sucked. It was, it rained and I didn't quite have the right jacket mm-hmm. or it rained and I did have the right jacket. And so I stayed warm. Like when I did Swamp Fox, I actually wore a thermal jacket because the weather was getting colder throughout the day. And it's like, I know I get cold. So in my review, it's like, okay, I wore a jacket that quite honestly was a lot warmer than most other riders out there that day, but I was warm and I was dry. Um, my nutrition was spot on. Um, the, I was able to get through the mud. So what are, what exactly did you do well? Um, but then also what didn't go so well? You know, I didn't, because it was cold, I didn't stay on my hydration. Mm -hmm. So by knowing what didn't go well, I can then look at and say, well, how do I fix that? You know, do I set an alarm? Do I, you know, do I get calories in a different way on cold days? Um, so see, I love my little model of plan, prepare, perform, review, and recover. And that's how you go from, I'm never doing this again to I'm signing up next year within two hours. Cause you're like, now I know all the things I could have done better. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also, you know, it's especially the review part. It's taking ownership of both what went well. Cause a lot of times athletes will just focus on the negative. And I'm like, no, yeah. I want to hear the good. What, what went well out there today? Where did you kick ass? Um, and then, you know, what didn't go so well? And with that, what would you do differently? And then how can we do that? What was the obstacle to doing that this time? Yeah. Funny, I've been like, because Sarah Gross and I are like, we're really into CrossFit. So I've watched a couple of <clears throat> my brother also, he has all these like cross old CrossFit games. And but the very top end of the field, right? Like the people that are competing for the fittest on earth, you'll see a workout and you're like, oh my God, that workout was like horrific. Like that looks terrible. It's one you'd all be complaining. And they're like, that was a great workout. Like, I really enjoyed that. And I thought it was really fun. And just like the, (laughs) and you can tell they have that mindset that gets them to the championship because they're like, that was a fun challenge to take on. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's awesome. (laughs) I don't know if I'll ever be there, but. One of the most frustrating things about going to big gravel races in the last two years is I have been getting sick pretty much every time I travel. And I travel about once a month for work or to a big gravel event or something related. And it's so frustrating when I get there and I can already feel the sore throat and the cold coming on. And it really takes me out for several weeks. And that's why I'm excited about our new podcast sponsor, Prevenex. We've worked with Prevenex within our Feisty brands for a long time. If you listen to Hit Play Not Pause, you've heard about joint support. Um, You've also heard about their great protein powder. But I am really obsessed with this product called Immune Health Plus. It has helped me go from getting sick every time I travel to I've not been sick one time this year. And and I've also been on the road a good bit already this year. So it has everything that you need for immune health support. And it's way better than anything you're going to find in a grocery store or health food store. It's supercharged with immune boosting ingredients like elderberry fruit, extract, zinc, vitamin D, vitamin C, and calcium. Now, if you want to stay healthy through your race season this year, you're going to use the code Girls Gone Gravel for 15% off your first purchase of Immune Health Plus or any of their other products. That's Girls Gone Gravel for 15% off of your purchase. And you go to Prevanex.com. You can find that in the show notes. Um, well, this is also helpful, Pat. Um, so are you, you're going to be racing some more this year. We won't see you unbound, but uh, you're coming to the Gravel Festival. So if people come yeah. to the Gravel Festival, you're going to be doing a workshop there. 
Yep. If folks can get a little more um, info there, and then maybe we'll send you out to Christy because we did say we we're going to sabotage her bike. So we can see that <laughs> ride with Christy and see how the mental skills go. Um, Unfortunately, I won't will be able to help pissed. you mechanically. <laughs> 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 um, uh, where else are you going to be racing this year? So let's see. We have the gravel festival in mid-May. In later, like the next week, actually, I'm doing Farmer's Daughter, which is in New York State, um, which is 65 miles and pretty hilly. I'm not sure of the mix of gravel road there. Um, then in July, I'm doing Dirty Kitten. And in nice. Um, yeah, that's going to be a fun one. And then in late September, I'm doing the rad, I'm doing the Yay. 70 miles there. So I'm so excited about that one. Uh, but I'm also dipping my toes back into Ironman and I'm doing the swim for Ironman, half Ironman Jones Beach. Um, and actually that was with one of your podcast guests. I listened to the podcast and then I text, I never have done this, but I DM'd her. I'm like, I loved your energy. And she's like, yeah, she goes, we're doing the Ironman. We need a swimmer. Who is so it? I, um, um, May, May Merritt, CC Merritt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, yeah. May Merritt. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're doing the swim. Oh my God. That's... That interview with May was, oh my God. It was so good. That's yeah. Like... It was, like I literally have never DM'd like, as people that the kids would say, I slid into her DMs. I'm like, hey there. Um, Doing the swim's the best part because you're done yeah. and you get to cheer the rest of the day. I used to yeah. do the, the swim relay a bunch. Yeah, no, I'm totally looking forward to it. And it's just the swim. So I can get out there. Swim and my... you know, you got a good biker on it. Yes. Yeah. And our other participant is uh, Chris. She's a great runner. Nice. Um, the two other participants. So May and Chris just did. Um, Oh my God, what was it called? It was a, a stage running race in Moab, like Run the Rocks or something. I think yeah. it was oh, actually cool. called. Cool. It was like three days yeah, of running. She was a runner originally, I think. Mm -hmm. so. That's so, pretty cool. awesome. And then if folks want to hear more about your services or find you, I know you have a website that you've been working on. <laughs> I do have out. a website. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So check out my website. Um, it's getting your mind in gear. Uh, dot com. So gettingyourmindingear.com. And what I'm going to be doing also, in addition to kind of personalized, you know, one-on-one -on -one, um, coaching is I'm offering some, I'm going to be offering some video courses that people can take. Oh, cool. So right now I have just kind of a free introductory 20 minute one, like this broad overview of body mind community. So definitely check that out. Um, and then I'm also on Instagram, uh, which is Pat Spencer LCSW uh, for Insta. But yeah, check out my website. It has all the links there. Yeah. And like I said, at the beginning, Perfect. go over and listen to Pat's podcast with Celine to hear way more of her story, which you'll go, holy shit. <laughs> so, um, well, thank you so much for joining us today, Pat. My pleasure. Thank you. This has been fun. It's great seeing the both of you. You have been listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast. This podcast is edited and produced by the team at Live Feisty Media. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating. It really helps other women find the podcast. And be sure to follow us at Girls Gone Gravel on Instagram or Facebook.